Praise God. Well, I want to do my best tonight to preach you happy. I got a pure 100% just happy preaching message tonight for you. So, But there's 10 scriptures, and so you, you, you better get prepared. Write them down. These are going to be 10 scriptures you're going to want for the rest of your life. I preached the last time I preached on a Wednesday night. I think Dr. Brown was here last week and preached about the heart. And the week I was before, I preached a message called No More Stress. And this is No More Stress too. I figure we live in a world full of stress, and we might as well have a No More Stress too message. So get your Bibles out. And if you would, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Samuel 2, 2. Okay, you know, I was, if you went back and you listened to that, that past message, I was just talking about, you know, we live in a world of stress, and, and the only way you're going to deal with stress is that you have to know what the Word of God says. And, you know, uh, things have gotten so much more complicated in everything that we're doing nowadays. We went through two years of, of wearing masks, and then now we've got a supply chain problem, and then we've got this problem, we've got that problem, we've got the war going on with the Ukraine, we've got all kinds of issues going on, all kinds of things going on. Everybody in the world preaching end-time prophecy, everybody prophesying the world's coming to an end, and nobody seems to be in agreement on how it's going to happen. But anyway, all I know to do is grab hold of the truth of the Word of God, look everything right square in the face, and move forward, right? So stress, is, stress will kill you. Hello? And so I'm going to give you 10 things tonight, 10 scriptures that you can need to grab hold of as a revelation. And when you do, stress is going to go away from your life. And so here's number one, 1 Samuel 2.2. 2. It says, no one is holy like the Lord, and there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Listen to me, nobody is like our God. You got to understand something. How many times in life have you tried to figure out how things should go? And they didn't go that way, but then God made a way and delivered you. Hello? How many times have we tried to figure God out? And you cannot. There is no one like our God. Our God's a God who, when he has an ability to get in a boat and ride to the other side, wants to walk on the water. Right? When he could lead Israel around, no, let's just go part the sea. That's our God, okay? So the first, the first thing about stress, the first number one here tonight is you need to learn to smile at your enemies. Because when you do, that's telling them... Uh, I'm not worried, right? And why aren't you worried? Well, because there's nobody like your God. He is your God. First Samuel 2, 2. I love Jeremiah 20, verse 11. Here's another great one. And I preached on just this scripture here one time, but it says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. There's one translation that says, the Lord is with me as the dread champion. I love that one. He's the guy that jumps in the middle of the ring and goes, ah, and everybody says, oh, my gosh, that's my God. That's my daddy. All right? So you need to learn to be able to smile at your enemies. When, you know, how many of y'all just love to have problems? I mean, we really want everything in the world to go perfect. We really want to have no issues, no problems, right? But the truth of the matter, you can never be an overcomer if you have nothing to overcome. 
You can never be more than a conqueror if there isn't something that you have to conquer. And so situations and circumstances that come up in the world that takes the stress off of you, we can just smile at and say, okay, God, how are we going to get through this? And smile at the enemy and say, oh, well, watch what my God will do. Amen? Now, the second one is this one, Philippians 1.6. The scripture you probably already know, but it says, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. You've got to understand something. The second thing that will relieve stress off your life is to realize that if you're saved, okay, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a heap of trouble. But if you know Jesus Christ, you know that you know that you know that you're saved, right? You know he's your Savior. You got to understand, a work has been started in you. And he says that the work that he started in you, he's going to complete it. So wait a minute. That means God's working on you every day to complete your project. We always want things to hurry up. Timothy over there is working in the home building industry. You know, everybody always wants their house instantaneously. They want it to appear. They want to pour the concrete and the house is up and they're moving their furniture in the next day. That's just the way it is, okay? We always want everything like that. But you got to understand, God started a good work in you. Everybody say, God started a good work in me. He didn't start a bad work in you. He started a good work, all right? Okay, so here's my, my third point. Okay, Jude 1, 24. There's only one chapter in Jude, so it could just be Jude 24, but... There's only the one, so I'm going to say 124, all right? But the 24th verse of Jude says, Now unto him who's able to keep you. Everybody say, Jesus is keeping me. Now unto, he, and unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The Bible says right there, y'all believe the Bible's true? That means that the Philippians 1 and 6, the good work God started in you, he's going to keep you from stumbling and get you to the end of the line and present you to the Father, and he's going to do it with joy. Not like, ah, well, here's so-and-so. They got in the gate, Lord, you know. No, no, no. He says he's going to, in other words, he's confident that he's going to be able to accomplish in you if you'll just work with him. He'll complete the work in you. So, Listen to me. If Jesus is your builder, how can that go wrong? If Jesus is your builder, how can it go wrong? You need to wake up every morning and wake up and say, Lord, I just thank you. You're building me today. And God, you're a perfect builder. And so, God, you're building in me today. I'm not going to worry. You're going to get me to the end. You're going to keep me from stumbling today. No matter what I think, no matter what I feel, no matter what I look like. Hello? If you're having the worst bad, bad hair day of your life. Just look in the mirror and say, God, you're working out of work in me. Whoa, glory to God. I'm going to make it to the end of the line. Okay, number four. How many of you have ever seen God deliver you of something or save you or rescue you from something? Or, or Yeah, see, every hand in here is going up, okay? We've all seen God do something, right? All right. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 1, 10. It says, and he who has delivered us, who, who, excuse me, I'm not reading it right. 
who delivered us from so great a death, who does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. In other words, God delivered you in the past. He's delivering you today, and God will deliver you in the future. That's what first, that 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, right? Now, if you've ever experienced God's deliverance, and I'm just talking about he got you out of a bind somehow, whatever the deliverance may be, all right? He got you at about, you got to understand if God did it once, he'll do it again. And if he's delivered you in the past, he's going to deliver you in the future. So no matter how bleak the future may look, no matter what may be going on. You know, I heard a, I heard a, 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 a teaching the other day. It was an end time teaching about uh, the, the, I don't remember if it was the bowls or the trumpets or the, the bad things getting poured out in the end times. Okay. And he, and I don't know how they calculated it up must have just been by by what the scripture says and then converting it, but that the hailstones that fell from heaven, hell, like ice stones, hailstones, <laughs> it was hell falling from heaven? No, hailstones, ice stones, were weighing 100 pounds apiece. Now we talked about, we've seen some pretty good sized hell before, right? 100 pound hailstone, that'd make you want to get saved. But I thank God I'm delivered from that. I've been delivered in the past. I'm going to get delivered today, and I'll be delivered tomorrow. All right? Takes me to number five. Right there in the same thing, 2 Corinthians 1, go down to verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Do you realize that every promise that God has for you, there's a yes with it? Now, Folks, listen to me. <clears throat> what I've been praying over everybody, all Christians, is that we'd wake up. Because the real truth of the matter is, is that there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians who are just walking in life like, like blinded, like, like they don't really, I mean, it's like a fairy tale to them. The, the gospel's not really real. The, the, the Bible's a good moral book, but it's not really real. It's not, it's not something that's tangible. It's not something that's living. It's not something that, that, that the promises in here are really ours. And so they're going through the motions with no power, no victory, no joy, no peace, no anything. Because it's not real. Well, folks, let me tell you, it is real. And the promises of God are yes and amen to you. What God promised in his word are yours. When you go to God in prayer, you can know he wants to answer yes. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. Oh, you may be asking a little off and he may have to work you around a little bit to get you right where you need to be. But I want to tell you something. The promises in God, it's, he's for you. He's not against you. All right. Number six. Is this helping anybody? I mean, you should take these scriptures, write them down, look at them again, and then make your own prayer life out of them. Number six here, Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. This is one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, and I've heard preachers take this scripture, twist it all up, and preach it to where you, were, you didn't even want to hear the message. But Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. What that scripture says is, if you're loving God and holding on to him, it's always going to work out. 
How God can make that work? I, I, I mean, that's not my job. My job is to believe in him and to love him. And he says, when, he, when you do that, all things are going to work out. No matter how bleak it may be at the moment, it's going to work out. Can I have an amen? amen? So the sixth thing is you have to wake up. Stress will fall off of you when you think, oh, well, everything's going to work out because God has given me a promise. He already said all my promises were yes and amen. He's already started a good work in me. He's going to see that that good work gets finished. He's the one on the job bringing it to pass. He's the one right there that's going to make everything work out for me. Man, mm. which takes me to number seven. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who called you is faithful, also do it. Pretty simple scripture. But God's faithful, and he'll do it. God's faithful, and he can get the job done. All right? So the seventh thing here is not only did he start a good work in you, not only is he working it all out, not only is he going to get you to the throne, not only is he going to present you with joy, not only are all the promises that he's got yes and amen to you, not only is he going to take every situation that comes to us, because folks, we live in a fallen world. I mean, the Ukrainian people did not ask for a war, but there's 4 million people taken out of their homes. Everything that they have is gone. Everything is turned to rubble. They're, they're, everything is lost. And, and they weren't just like, you know, like expecting this, Right? But let me tell you what, God will work it out. God always makes things work out. I don't know how. It's not my job to know how. My, God, my job is to believe that this, these scriptures that God has here are true. So 1 uh, Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who calls you is faithful also do it. God's a faithful God. Amen? Takes me to number eight. Number eight is simply this. 2 Timothy 1.7. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. You got to understand that. Fear is the opposite of faith. Now, all the things that are, are uh, contained in fear, like, you know, however you want to chop it up, worry, anxiety, depression. Why is a person depressed? Because they don't see any hope for the future because there's fear in the future, right? It all boils down to fear. Is your God going to do what your God said he's going to do? Is this real? Is this whole thing real? Well, God said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So in you, this good work he's working. Everybody say, I got a sound mind. Look at the person beside you and say, you do have a sound mind. He says that you have in your construction, in your building project, in the Philippians 1 and 6, good work he started in you. There is, a, there is power, there is love, and there is a sound mind. It's in you. I got this after preaching on the Holy Spirit Sunday, and uh, I got to doing a whole another segment over there. I don't know what I'm going to do with it on, on the Holy Spirit and Acts 1 and 8 where it says that, and, he, and, and, you know, he says, you shall be endued with power. And I was looking up the word power, and I was going translating, and then realized how many times it's been translated might. 
And then how many times after that in the scriptures that God's talking about the might in you, this word power here, you, you have power, love, and a sound mind is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It's the same power that created everything in the beginning in the garden kind of, uh, goes all the way back. You start, and I started going over this whole thing, looking at it, it's like, my gosh, what powers on the inside of us, but how we become so weak and let the devil trick us and just mess us up. You're all confident to go down there and somebody says, ooh, why'd you wear that dress? And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Hello? One trip like that, boom. I know that since preaching this message on the Holy Ghost, I had to fight more mental battles than I've ever fought in a long time. It's just like the devil does not want me to preach this. And I've just had to be on my toes at all times with the thoughts coming towards me. And we're just like, what? What? You know, but it's like they're coming, but that's okay. I'll win because I have a sound mind. Number nine. Now, here we go, folks. Oh, if we can get this one. You know it? Simple scripture. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Listen, the power. We Christians are trying to work the miracles of God by our power. And you're not going to get anything done by your power. You've got to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It can't be by your might. It's got to be by the might and the strength and the power of God resident on the inside of you. And you say, well, pastor, I don't feel very strong. I don't care how you feel. I know what the word says. The word says if you're born again and saved, if you've asked him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, then you are. And so therefore this might and power he's talking about, it is in you if you want to use it. It's there. The ability to keep putting one foot in front of the other, the ability to keep walking consistently, the ability to keep reading your word, the ability to keep getting up every morning and saying, God, I just think you're working to work in me. It's going to be a glorious work. You're going to get us right where we need to be. Amen? But you know, folks, if you don't walk in the word, you don't confess the word, you don't read the word, you don't stay in the spirit, well, then you're going to get depressed. You're going to get discouraged. Because, folks, if you're trying to find anything good in this world, you're not going to find it. You're not. I'm sorry. You know, how many of us have been on a vacation, you went somewhere and you saw something beautiful, but then you had to come home? It ain't lasting forever. Then you say, you know what? It's my joy. Let's just retire up here. So then you sell everything you have and you retire to that beautiful place you were. And then all the stress that you had here followed you up there. And then you're just sitting there looking at the beautiful place and you're still stressed. Right? You just changed environments, but you took it all with you. That's not the way God called us to live. In my daily reading, I just been have been reading through the book of Revelation. It just it just fell that away, and I just finished. And, and I was reading all this thing about you know the new Jerusalem coming down, us coming back on white horses, all this stuff. And I was getting all excited. I was dreaming. I was imagining. And it hit me how we live everything for and do everything for this world when we're not even going to be here this long. 70, 80 years, ninety. And on the other side, it's for eternity. I mean, we're with Jesus in the millennial reign for a thousand years. A thousand years. Everybody say a thousand years. 
We can't even imagine a thousand years that you're going to be alive on earth in the millennial reign with Christ, those of you that are saved. Do you hear what I'm saying? A thousand years. But we're planning everything for this life. What's wrong with us? I'm going to be over there riding my horse. Thousand years. Is that sinking in? That's real. That's not a fairy tale. Listen to me. That's not a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. It's real. That's really what's going to happen to you. That's really what's going to take place. Listen, we got to get... We got to get out of the thinking of we're on this earth where it's nothing. We're here for one reason to preach the gospel and tell people about Jesus and get people saved. But you're going to be on the other side. Just even that a thousand years in the millennial reign and then starts eternity. Think about that. Boy, I'm telling you, if you don't like me now, you better hope your mansion's not beside me because we're going to be together forever. Never will get rid of me. Isn't that crazy? And you think about that. And you get to the revelation thinking about eternity. So why are we letting the devil get our, our tails all twisted in this stupid life? We got a job to do. Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Rescue as many orphans as we can. Bless as many people as we possibly can. And we're not going to do it by our power or our might, but it's going to have to be done by the Spirit. And the last one, number 10, John 14, 16. John 14, 16. It says, and I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Here's, a, here's number 10 that'll take stress off your life. And this is the way I like to say it. You and the Holy Ghost make a majority. Now, think about this. <clears throat> It didn't go down like this. I just like to think about it like this. That God turns to Jesus and says, well, what do you think is the best thing we could do for the people down there? And Jesus says, man, they need some help. And he says, well, what's the best kind of help we could give them? Well, I, God, you're going to have to totally and completely infuse them with you. He said, oh, okay, I like that. Let's send the helper. Holy Ghost. Everyone that believes Fill them up. Now, you got to understand something about the Trinity. The Trinity gets kind of complicated, and I've heard everybody try to explain it from an egg down to whatever, you know. But the truth of the matter is God the Father is as, is, is as much God as God. Jesus is God that came to earth in humanity as the Holy Spirit is God. Hello? Did you hear what I said? God the Father is God as much as Jesus in humanity that came down in human form is God as the Holy Spirit is God. Yeah, I didn't get it. And that's in you. But yet the devil defeats us. always remember I don't this is such a bad example I'm sorry this just ran through my head maybe I need to quit Yosemite Sam was always my favorite cartoon Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam and there was one where they were trying to get into the castle and he has he's riding an elephant and 
Bugs Bunny takes a little mouse, roll-up mouse, and he puts it out there, and the elephant jumps up and starts screaming and jerks Yosemite Sam off the back with his trunk and starts beating the ground with him trying to hit the mouse, right? And I've always thought it was funny, where, where in life did they come up with an elephant scared of a mouse? And then I thought of that in my mind. It, is that not the most ridiculous thing in the world, an elephant scared of a mouse? But then again, what about us <laughs> walking around with the spirit of the living God on the inside of us and the devil is defeating us? Mm. And so I guess we jerk all of our friends around like the elephant did the Yosemite Sam and beat the ground with all of them until nobody wants to be around with it, around us. Wow. Okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> so... You're going to have to get yourself out of stress. Here's 10 more points to go with the seven that I had last time or however many I had the last time on stress one. How many did I have? I have it seven. Had seven last time. That's 17 points to get out of stress. If that doesn't work, <clears throat> I don't know what we're going to do. Amen? So everybody say God's doing a good work in me. Look at the person beside you and say, God is doing a good work in you. Look at somebody else and say, you know, you're absolutely amazing. Praise God. Well, stand to your feet. Let me bless you tonight. So, Father, I just pray over everybody tonight right now in Jesus' name. I just declare, Lord, that you have started a good work in them. Lord, every person out there that knows Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, you started that work in. If you're out there tonight listening to me and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Bible's real simple. Stop what you're doing right now. Confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Call out upon him. Call out upon his blood to wash your sins away, and he will, right where you're at. All you got to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, and he will right there. But Lord, I declare that you have begun a good work in these people. I declare you're going to get us to the heaven right where we need to be. You're going to keep us from stumbling. You're going to present us with joy. You've given us the promises that are all yes and amen to us, Lord God. This is where our great confidence comes. And so, Lord, I pray over everyone tonight who's being bamboozled by the devil, who's being drugged down by this world, who's being discouraged by the things going on. I just declare, Lord God, that they grab hold of this word, that stress goes from their life, that no more worry, no more uh, concerns, anticipations, things of, of doom and gloom, no spirit of fear upon them, but they rise up tonight under the word of God and know, Lord God, that you and the Holy Ghost on the inside of them makes a majority, oh God, and that you will do anything and man, you will move any mountain that we will speak at. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. Lord, bless them tonight. Lord, encourage them and strengthen them this night, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.